0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Books That Box. I'm Karen Oviatt, and this is the podcast where I ask people to talk about a book that had a significant impact on them. So tonight we have with us Rob Poluski. Um, Rob is a childhood friend. We grew up on the same street and um, many, many years of carpool to school together. Um, and uh, now we both live in North Carolina. Rob got here before I did, but... Um, now we both live here. So um, Rob has agreed to do our podcast. Um, I'm going to let you let Rob tell you what he does and uh, what his sort of claims to fame are, and there are many of them. Um, and then we'll get started talking about the book. Hey, Rob, thanks so much for being here. So appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Karen. And uh, hats off to you for a podcast. I think, you know, uh, THS, Class of 88, you may be one of two that I know of have a podcast. I Ooh, think who it's else Steve Marvin. One? I think Steve Marvin has one with really? uh, hunting down Sasquatch <laughs> or something like that. I love that. I think that's awesome. Now, that's, you know, that's, that's word on the street. So, I would have to verify that. I love it. Exactly. Um, so, so, thank you.
0: Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Rob, tell us a little bit about you, you and what you do and um, what takes up your time these days.
1: Uh, thanks. Yes. Uh, I have the privilege of uh, being a golf professional at Duke University Golf Club. And um, we manage the day-to-day operations with our team. And um, lucky to work with uh, the good boss and some good folks. And I get to give golf lessons. So I enjoy that, helping people learn the game.
0: Yeah, and you, you were a big golfer in high school.
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed the sport. Yep, a few sports, but uh, golf was one I continued on in college and uh, attended Methodist, uh, now University. Methodist College in Fayetteville mm-hmm. and um, you know I came down with an accent I'm learning how to talk normal. You
0: know? <laughs> Do you think we had accents? Is that what they told you?
1: Yeah. There you go anything above the Mason-Dixon line right?
0: <laughs> I thought we had the um, the news reporter voice didn't we have that like that basic uh, you know nondescript newspaper. I, I think person? so
1: I think so yes I would I would agree with that. <clears throat>
0: And so a lot sure. of people, um, you know, may not know that you were also, um, you know, sort of played a big role at um, at Pinehurst. You worked at Pinehurst before
1: you came to Duke. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Privileged to be Pinehurst alumni and um, work with the great folks there, get to work with all nine golf courses and uh, yeah, really exciting news for them. They're awarded uh, the, uh, US, USGA second headquarters down in Pinehurst is coming soon, and several US Open championships. So,
0: And you uh, get to be a part of all to, of
1: those? Uh, well, I don't know if I'll be a part of them, but uh, I was there before. You yeah, know, the ones while
0: you were there, you got to be a part of all that.
1: Yes, yeah, the 2014 uh, historic uh, men's and women's back to back US Opens, which, which was great. That's and, um, and then, you know, here in, in North Carolina with my mm-hmm. wife Avis and my daughters, Cora and Isla. And um, yeah, so we're having fun. That's awesome, dude. So yeah, thank you. Um,
0: <clears throat> it's time for you to tell us. What is the book you've chosen to talk about today? What is the book that you think had a significant impact on you?
1: Well, significant impact. Uh, the, the, the book I have this evening is uh, The Hiding Place. Um, nonfiction book. Um, the author is Tin Boom. It's um, World War II history, which, which I like World War II history. And, um, it's in the Dutch Netherlands, the, the story of the the Germans occupying, um, coming in to occupy the Netherlands and, and her story and her family story. And it's a wonderful testimony. So that's, that's the book.
0: So tell me a little bit about why you chose this book. What do you think about this book that has left? What is it about this book that's left you, left such a significant impact on you? What kind of keeps you coming back to this book?
1: Well, it's a story of faith and courage, and um, that's, that's really the story, and you, know, you get a, a new and you know, two deep subjects, right, faith and courage, so you never can really reach the end of those, and you reread them every year, and that's why probably I chose that book, because I probably read it once a year.
0: So, oh, once a year, so that's really one that you keep coming back to. Yes. So let's talk about the um, let's talk about the courage one first because I think that's sometimes a little bit easier to to um, articulate. What is a, you know when you talk about this being a book of about faith and courage, where do you see those courageous acts happening? What what happens in the book that sort of plays that out for you?
1: Well, I think uh, the courage aspect is you know the the Germans were persecuting the Jews and um, the family. Uh, Corey's family was, you know, they were, um, there was a knock at the door, and um, there was folks that needed help, and they, um, they stepped up to help when it wasn't, uh, wasn't popular to do, and uh, there would be consequences if they found out.
0: So what kind of, were the, so tell us a little bit about, like, the plot line. I know it's a nonfiction book, but, like, sort of what were the events that we're majorly focused on, so maybe we can get a little better picture of what happened.
1: Sure. So in the 1940s, the Nazis invade Netherlands, um, and then they, you know, basically take over, and then they're rounding up um, the Jews and sympathizers to ship them out to the concentration camps, and I think they were... Uh, setting up factories for the war machine in the netherlands using the resources and the human resources uh, to build you know various things that uh, the army or the war machine needed and um so the, story- the old- go ahead sorry go ahead no go so ahead. the story
0: is told from who's which which, perspe- for which perspective
1: So it's told from, uh, it's from Corey's perspective. She's the survivor and, um, it's her, her family, you know, what, what her family had to deal with. So So it's, it's her kind of her, her testimony, her story of uh, her life. Essentially.
0: What are some of those things that she specifically remembers impacting her family?
1: So, you know, the, um, You know, that that, that she's a watchmaker. She's probably the first woman watchmaker. Oh, that's cool. Uh, And that's her family business. They repair watches. And um, that's her family business. And then her her mom is sick. Uh, Her mom passes away. She has a large family. And um, I think her mom may have passed away before the occupation. I think so. Mm. And she lived with her aunts. And, and all in this 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 small house storefront, basically they the store was in the bottom and they lived above essentially and um, so you know they're they're basically going about their business, and then every then Germany Nazis happen, they invade and um, you know they're you know the tanks are going down the street, that sort of thing, and um, you know there's just people showing up at their door where i think there's one gentleman his his beard was basically burned you know they just you know, horrific things and um so they come come to the the tin booms for help
0: so and, um go ahead
1: no it, it just this that's it's you know they're i mean not by uh, i don't think they choose they chose to be in the dutch underground mm-hmm. but they their actions and they're helping they were part of it yeah
0: so when you look back at that period of time and um like you see how this particular story plays out in sort of the broader historical element what was it about this story that sort of really brought things um it seems like you you saw like the human perspective
1: of it oh sure you know um the whole World War II era just fascinates me and the underground movement of um, just you know, the simple things they, they did to uh, help others, you know, the, the forgery, you know, the bribery. Tell, of, tell us know. a
0: little bit about what are some of those simple things that they did? Like when you said forgery, what are some of the specific things that they so, did? So, you, know?
1: you know, there, there's a certain story where um, there's so many ration cards for their family, but they have 20 or 30 people staying in there. Right. And so they, they're friendly. They know the guy that controls it. And, um, you know, the, he, she asked for more cards and, you know, she, she gets more, you know, she, she meant to ask for five and she asked for, you know, 25, you know, oh, wow. it, like that. And, and she still and, got them And she was able to get them. Yeah. That's the, um, you kind of see the divine hand in it through the whole story. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you know, that was real to them. Yeah. And, and what, then you know the the bribery part is you know um and that's basically and they they get caught and uh and um the one instance Corey says uh you know I didn't feel right about you know this guy was a swindler she felt like that in her heart but you know what what was she going to do she she found the money the the guy shows up at her door and says I need you know whatever the number is um money to get my family out of jail you know and uh, she didn't trust it in her gut but she did it anyway and then he was a trickster mm. essentially and that's how they got found out but they're you know they aided the jews they were they so were hiding did, before
0: jews. you go into that other one did yep. did this trickster did he know that that's what she was doing and was he like setting her up on purpose
1: i think so yeah over time mm. over time it became it's just, it became evident there was just a comings and goings out of their home. And that's, and that, you know, the title of the book, the hiding place and um and it when folks that go read the book. There's um it's real, you know, it's built up from the st- the stores on the bottom and then it goes up and then they acquired a house behind. So they put in a false wall mm-hmm. and they would do drills because they knew this was going to come there. Was, was an elaborate buzzer system and they would, basically make it look like there was just a dad and two daughters there Wow, and that was it but it was and so and people were a, hiding literally in the walls it, it's called the hiding place and there's an elaborate uh you'd behind some furniture or in a bedroom or uh, basically a big shelf that they just pull in front and they go behind and and it's um you know it's kind of a maze to come up you go up the steps a landing come up another steps of landing so there is time to um to hide you know there was like a warning system essentially wow. and they had a little that little sign in the front door that um that they would flip they would turn around a certain way to, to basically it was a signal that said hey okay you know this is help or hey don't 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 come in right now
0: really yeah that was oh. like a- so it was it was similar to like the stories we heard about like the underground railroad where there are signals that you know people have to learn and be able to recognize
1: and um very much so and there would be time where they would be i think they were in prison for a little bit or they were down the police station you know at some point you know and then they got let go and then um then back and forth so they're questioned that sort of thing and yeah i know there's one point when when um uh, when when they're arrested they go so Corey and her, her sister Betsy are separated. And then I can't remember exactly, but there's a, there's a point where they're, they're separated and then she gets word that, uh, you know, she said, uh, I can't remember. said all the watches are safe or something like that, which meant all the people that got out, How you know, cool which is that? kind of a code to help them. But there's, I think there's another story where, um, you know the, the the Germans were so ruthless at the time that they were um, basically the orphanages and kids they were just doing away with them, so you know her her father basically said, "I'm not going to turn turn down anybody right and um and her brother and everybody they you know, they go to rescue the kids
0: what so level of bravery that takes to
1: well that's it. that's that's where I came up with the courage right yeah the courage to these situations they weren't looking for this. Right. It just, they just happened to be there.
0: And it and, complicated their life to do it.
1: Oh yeah. It changed their whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And she, and Corey was a good organizer. She would to give everybody a job. Yeah. Right. Organized. And she organized youth groups and that sort of thing.
0: How old so, was Corey at the time that this was happening?
1: Roughly. I know was, you don't have exact. I want to say she's probably. Forties.
0: Okay. So she was an adult. It wasn't like she was, you know, a teenager or it was, so it was, no, her,
1: her dad was elderly and he died after 10 days. And, uh after being captured when they went to the, um, you know, the loading train, they're beginning to, yeah. you know, in that holding period. So Betsy and her sister, right. There's, we're skipping over tons of stuff, but they're, um, they go to, they're eventually transported to the women's prison at Ravensbrook, okay. which is a notorious prison, and uh, they're separated, then they're reunited, and that's, that's wonderful. But, uh, but yeah, they're manual labor. I mean, it's in hellish conditions for them, yeah. really. Wow.
0: And you said her, their mom had died before before all of this happened. Their mom had died before, yeah. And then, their, and then she, the two of them and their dad sort of took this on. So, um, yep. so what are some of, you saw, talked about forgery and that they were hiding people. Um, what were some of the other tense moments in the book where like, you know, um, they were doing things to help others that really put them, um, at risk and it sort of, you know, could have been caught at any moment.
1: Sure. Oh, well, there's, um, a couple stories. Let's see that come out. I know one, uh, they have a, a, a smuggled Bible that's in, uh, you know they're they're in line uh, somewhere, and uh, she has it on her. And uh, for and if uh, they're distracted, and she's you know everybody's searched, but she wasn't searched for whatever reason. She's wow. moved through, and so they had that Bible. They read the Bible in in the in the camp, and uh, to everybody who wanted to listen. You know, one of the neat stories there is uh, in their particular barracks. Um they are you know everybody coming and going they they check on them right mm-hmm. but anyway there was fleas so they were thankful for the fleas because nice. the fleas kept the guards away oh so they okay. were they were thankful they nobody wanted to come near them which was perfect so they could help others minister to so them so it
0: gave them a level of cover on some on some form
1: right would you would not expect it right yeah so simple things like that so they were thankful for the fleece which seems really counterintuitive absolutely and um and you know the other things they you know manual labor they're building the camp they're um you know betsy's health is deteriorating and uh so her she can't you know come up to the daily lineup so um she has a job of of um sewing uniforms and that sort of thing and we're Corey's doing the uh, the manual labor, that sort of things.
0: And they didn't, um, you know, I know that one of the things that, you know, and I look, I'm not, the, I'm not a great super history buff, um, and unless it happens, you know, in one of the stories I've read, but, you know, I know one of the things that was happening in the concentration camps is that they were using, like you said, people for labor, but then they were also looking for people With specialized skills, and I was wondering when you mentioned that their their family was you know were watchmakers, did that ever or did the did the Germans ever you know use that skill or put them to work in that role or did they just kind of overlook that?
1: I think there there is mention of it a little bit with um, some of the radar systems. I think they were um, you know kind of working with those small little things to to get things right. But as things moved on, they they were just more manual labor and, um, clearing the, it's, it's not mentioned a little bit mentioned, but not a lot, but you, you know, that really happened, yeah. you know, they, those skills. And I think that was part of the Dutch Netherlands deal yeah. is, um, getting those trades trades, people that have expertise in those areas. Um, but uh, a little bit, a little bit there, um, it goes into that. wish I knew, wish I could remember more Right of, of that sort of stuff.
0: Well, I, you know, I guess that one of the reasons that that sort of made me think is, you know, I've, I've worked as a part-time job. I've worked in the jewelry industry for a while. And it is, um, it is a dwindling, um, a dwindling skill. There aren't that, you know, many places that, um, you know, you can get, you know, you can get a watch fixed. And unless you, in a lot of cases, send it back directly to the manufacturer, it's sometimes hard to find other people to work on them. So I know that that was- it's.
1: it's- it's, it's neat that Corey's the first uh, lady watchmaker, yeah. right? And her, her and her, she grew up learning from her dad. And mm-hmm. then when, and, and her, you know, her dad, her and her dad would take a train to basically, she accompanied him wherever he went to. I don't know if he was trying to get the, um basically the atomic clock or the, right. the, 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 the time, you know, so they would. He would go on a trip to set the clock and come back, and that was what they went – you know, very old school. Yeah. So that's that's 30s. Yeah, probably 20s and 30s is when she grew up.
0: So you said the dad, uh, you know, died shortly after they were captured?
1: Yes. Yeah, about and, 10 days. And
0: was he sent to the camps, or did he die before he got sent to the no, camps? No,
1: before. Before, yeah. And he just – basically, they said, you know, if, if you – you need to stop what you're doing. And he just said, you know, anybody comes to me, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to, I'm going to help them. So that, yeah, it's one of my takeaways from her dad is uh, how generous he was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, he would be so consumed with his watch work that he wouldn't He'd forget to charge the people and then uh what when Corey came in took over, the business became more profitable right, She's he 's actually collecting he 's actually charging them. yeah, so <laughs> he was a good organizer or he was expert at his work, but you yeah. know he'd just get into it, and
0: yeah, you know. he was passionate about his his, his work and yeah, and didn't he forgot really the charge right
1: yeah and yet, well he he 's been blessed with a uh, home and able to buy the yeah. the, the home behind, and that 's where they connected him mm-hmm. and and that became you know very important later on in the story um but the you know her dad's um faith his wisdom you know his routine of reading the bible in the morning and and um you know what a stand up guy he was and uh, the the wisdom he departed to his daughters yeah so
0: so you said this was a story about courage and faith and we talked about courage first um what did this book do for you in in terms of like recognizing that power of faith or um, you, you mentioned somewhere else that you had said, you know, you saw the divine hand in that. Sure, what do you mean by sure. that?
1: Well, I mean, um, you know, Cora was released on a clerical error. You know, she was, you know, one day um, she's just released and, and, you know, getting through the line with the Bible that, that doesn't, right. you can't really explain it. Just, you know, and um, you know, I guess my, my other, takeaways were you know her her, her brother Willem uh, is a pastor mm-hmm. but uh, in, in the book she says what what made him so effective and this really stood out to me what made him so effective that he did not judge others he served them and that was a really it's really stuck to me yeah. and uh, what an important lesson for us just to serve people and I'm yeah. in the service industry um, we are but we're all serving we're all serving uh, in some way right yeah but we're, we're but mm-hmm. but not judging you you're, it's a service attitude a service heart yeah. um, not not a judgmental heart and that's that's a key takeaway and uh, uh you know and 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 betsy's uh her sister betsy you um, my takeaway for hers is her forgiveness mm. i mean she she pitied the Germans that were blinded by hatred where everybody else was mad at the germans she said they're just blinded she yeah. saw the blindness. And uh, to me, it takes a faith, this faithful heart to see that, yeah. that they're, uh, did not count that against them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where, where Corey was, you know, was all upset about uh, the evil things and the hatred things they were doing to him. But Betsy saw it differently.
0: To try to find that humanity in.
1: in she, in she recording. looked past the deed and saw the mm-hmm. hatred that, uh, that they were blinded by. And uh, there's there's a story goes on. I'm sure. I think it says in this book or another uh, video that uh, one of the moments when after the war they founded a home for the refugees and the the folks that were that were basically PTSD from the war. Right? Right. Where do they go? They have to recover. You know, for whether they've been a prisoner just released or whether they're the Germans that are now. You know, were back in society mm-hmm. so they found a home so they could rest and recover and some of the mentally ill as well and Corey organized that so she would speak and i mean she spoke all over the world on her experiences and uh so there's a certain point where uh she's speaking and she sees one of the guards that was evil to them oh, wow at the at the uh at right afterwards in so, that
0: in that area in that place that was for the, it, it, for the well, was trauma.
1: Well, no, she was speaking, right, in oh. the area. Oh, got you. She spoke about her experiences and there's sure enough there's the, one of the guards that was so evil to her. And uh, and it was really it's a it's a, it's a obviously a a, a moment for her yeah. because, you know, she, she's you know, all those feelings of rage come back to her but she extends her hand
0: I was just going to ask, is there any interaction between them?
1: Yes. Yeah, so she extends her hand and says, I forgive you. And then just oh, wow. a, piece, a piece came right over her. So that, to me, that's another How one of How about the guy?
0: Did the piece, like, did, had, was he visibly affected?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. So he, he felt really low because mm-hmm. of all the stuff he had done. But uh, Corey didn't, didn't hold it against him. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? She had
0: learned from Betsy.
1: Yep, to, exactly. Mm-hmm. But all those things came right right away. Her, our, our human nature, right? Yeah. But, uh, but that that forgiveness came, and it was a peace, and it helped her, helped him too. Yeah. Right. So, but that's that's a powerful moment of uh, yeah of of you know the, her her faith, and wonderful testimony. And um, trying to think of some of my other takeaways. That um, you know, the, part of the part of the faith and courage piece is uh, for me the, the family never sought to convert the Jews, mm-hmm. right? They just they 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 honored the Jewish Sabbath. Right. They they weren't there to convert them. They were just there to help. Yeah, just like kind of goes just, back to that point.
0: Yeah, just like you said, they're they're they saw their role as to serve, not to judge or convert. It was
1: just to be present and hold that space for them yeah I mean what a nice testimony that is to me, mm-hmm. and Corey spoke all over the world, and uh, I think she ended up living in l a and uh, yeah, if you for, If you or some of the folks that listen to the podcast want to dive more into it, they can get as deep as they want yeah uh, but yeah, so that's that 's some of the takeaways and um,
0: so do yeah, you feel like book. this yeah, it sounds like it 's a great one. Um, do you feel like this book has affected or or changed the way you think or the way that you act? Or you, could you think of any moment where, you know, faced with something, you sort of went to that and like, oh, you know, like you consciously made a choice based on your experience with this book?
1: Well, I think the, the important lesson for me was, the, you know, what we talked about, that you mm-hmm. serve others, you don't judge them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think. That's, you know, not always done, right? right. So that and that's uh,
0: not always easy.
1: No, it's not always easy, right? Yeah. absolutely, it's not always easy. And um, that's, you know, that's what made her brother so effective. But that's uh yeah, that's that's one of, my, one of the key takeaways that uh, it's about about service, and uh, that they, you know, they they didn't force their things on others. Right? right? They were who they were, and they didn't compromise what they did right you know they had their routine and their faith and there was and the, you know but it they were very powerful in a time that was very dark
0: mm-hmm.
1: time period and uh you know the hiding place is is the book and you know the there's a scripture psalm 119 you know that's the, the scripture but it's you know it's a hiding place in the uh in the bay, in their in their home, but also you know the scripture, you know, "Thou art my hiding place and my shield." I hope in your word is some of the scripture there.
0: Oh, nice. Did now? Did they mention that that um, that uh, scripture in the book? Did would they?
1: Oh, well, yeah. Certain certain moments, they're going through things that that's that's what sustained them. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, her dad, and her brother, or sister yeah that that's goes back to the faith piece yeah that that helps them helps all of us right in times of need
0: what do you see um like you know looking at our world today and 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 the things that go where do you see um people being able to apply this book to to real life circumstance and and things that are current today
1: yeah well I certainly go back to the service piece right not not to judge others just to serve them and, um, and the other part is you know, forgetting about ourselves you know um, putting the focus on them and uh, how they you know they, they didn't really weren't uh, weren't focused on them they were focused on helping the others yeah and uh, they were they gave selfishly you know, they were fortunate to be you know, have the means to uh, provide for themselves and others and made a way and uh, to help others. Did. Yeah, and it was not easy at times, and you know, they suffered consequences for yeah. it. But... There
0: was great personal risk.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, you know, their father died in captivity, and, uh, you know, her brother and her brother's kids that were, you know, going to save the orphans or... Um, uh, you know, the comings and goings and they, you know, Corey would go to meetings, uh, with other of the, in the Dutch underground and she would go into the meetings with those folks and, um, you yeah, know, not, she's just, just, part of the part of the helping others basically.
0: Where do you see, um, people like Corey today? Who are some of those people that you see, um, you know, through either your own personal experiences or, um, you know, people in the news or in, you know, where do you see some of the people today that you feel like are are fulfilling the role that uh, Corey and Betsy and her dad did?
1: There's probably things that we don't even know about, you know, um, maybe it's in a different country that's uh, going through real struggles. You know, if it's uh, real oppression, whether it's maybe Africa, India, you know, we, we don't know. We're very fortunate here that, uh, we have a lot to be thankful for,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, so they're, they're, I'm sure they're out there, but you know, I, I don't know personally, um, but um, you know, the, um, you know, in, in our everyday life, if, if, you know, if we can uh, go back to the service component, cause that means a lot to me, that's, those are things we can apply now. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, their, their perspective is, um, that they they saw their faith to get them through difficult times. Yeah. You know, that's everybody with the new virus, right? Right. And things are changing.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, things are out of our control. But, um, but you know, with their faith, God is in control. Right. So they uh, then that's where they put their faith. And that's, you know, meaningful for me and, and I think meaningful for others. Mm-hmm. That uh, no matter how bad it is or how bad it gets, that you know, it's going to lead to victory. You know, right? And, and uh, that was true in their case. And you know, we don't know what the future has, but we we know it holds the future. So
0: that's awesome, Rob. You are one of the most um, hopeful and optimistic people that I know in my life, um, which I really, really appreciate. Um, appreciate. And And, um, when people ask me about you, this is the story that I tell them. Um, So this is how I encapsulate your personality as a whole. And I think it is reflected in the way you talk about this book. Um, I tell people that if your house burned down, that your response would be, "Well, you know, Karen, I don't think that house worked exactly the way that we wanted it. So this is just an opportunity for us to rebuild this house in a way that's really functional and useful for us whereas the rest of us would be like oh my god i lost my home i've lost everything i i have nothing left my life is in shambles and you're like i think this is an opportunity to rebuild in in a way that's more functional and useful for us and it will be better for us in the long run
1: oh that's great that's well that's a wonderful compliment thank you
0: well you are you are so hopeful and so optimistic and always so kind hearted towards um Everybody else, that I, you know, I am sure that you have bad days, but I have, um, in all the time, well, you know, I don't remember much, uh, you know, because I don't know that we talked about those kinds of things when we were kids. No, (laughs) but um, in our adult lives, um, in all the years I've known you, I've I've never heard you say that you had a bad day, like, or anything was bad, like, everything has always been good, or. It's an opportunity. You always see things in the most hopeful and optimistic light.
1: Yeah, prob- probably too much, so right at times, No, is there uh,
0: is there too much? I mean, well,
1: you you want to be realistic, I guess. But uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, definitely try to see the glass half full mm-hmm. rather than half empty, and, uh, and try to well try to help others. And um, yeah, that's <laughs> I guess that's just. And I'm thankful to have you know a good good family. Yeah. right come back, draw back on yeah uh, we both were very for fortunate all. in that Ellen. absolutely yeah and a uh, lot to be thankful for and um you know what parents grandparents all those folks have an influence on us and yeah. uh, make us who we are um, so yeah a lot lot to be thankful for for sure
0: absolutely yeah well, and yeah. i think i i think you know and listen i didn't grow up in a big city so maybe maybe i see it differently because of where we grew up but I do think when you grow up in a small town there does um there's a gr- there's a strong sense of community and there becomes an obligation to community like you feel like there's an obligation to serve that community in some way um and I think you have you know and, and your family you've definitely carried that you know beyond where we you know grew up
1: well' we're, you, everybody wants to be a part of something successful and something larger than ourselves yeah and uh, your your school community, you know our my the facilities we work at, you know uh, whatever group we're a part of, we want to contribute. But they're they're bigger than ourselves. Yeah, and that's that's one of the takeaways here. They're a small part of uh, you know helping others. Right, they, and and they put themselves second. Yeah,
0: yeah, and they are you know they can't stop all of that, um, all of that. Uh, craziness from happening they can't but they were able to help this group of people and contribute in the way that they they were able to contribute no matter what that is
1: absolutely and and you know it, it you know Corey's later years she traveled the world telling the telling the story do you remember i think it was at ninth or tenth grade we had folks that visited us do you remember that
0: i don't high remember
1: school. that uh, maybe what, was it like a
0: gym was it in the classroom or assembly like what do you it was, I remember it
1: in, uh, was it, it the Lyceum? Is that the upstairs, second uh-huh. floor? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm vaguely getting something.
1: There was like four visitors. It's the, yeah, the Lyceum, which is the upper part, yeah. um, right basically above the cafeteria. Right. Right. Yep. And so we had to be, we had to be seven, eight, nine, tenth 10th grade.
0: Yeah.
1: Prob- could have been ninth grade, actually.
0: Yeah, because 9th was that, you know, because we were back in the junior high module. So we were 7, right. 8, 9 in, in, the, in the junior high and then 10, 11, 12 in the senior high. But right. it's, so, so, our, um, it's weird because our school had that, like, connecting area. So sometimes it's hard to keep them separate because there were times I was a senior and I was taking classes in the junior high
1: building. And, well, right. You'd be over there for computer lab. Yeah. And you'd walk across and then – but you never really see it normally, right? And, uh, and the different libraries back and forth, but uh, but I I do remember that vaguely. Does it ring yeah. ring a bell to you?
0: Yeah, I mean, what, no, I would not have remembered that at all until you said that, and then I got like a picture in my head. Like I think we were in the Lyceum. Like we were.
1: Yeah, it was, I, I didn't remember what the. I could tell you where it was. I couldn't remember the name of the the. I just thought uh, that was
0: a weird thing to name a building. I had to go look up what a Lyceum was.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I don't know something i don't want to catch you know I right know a,
0: yeah. i think it's like i think it's like from like ancient greece or ancient rome and it had to do with like uh, the public area where lectures were given and okay. like, like, something like that i'm gonna ha- i don't have my phone with me right now but i'm gonna have to google that and find out that's vaguely what i'm remembering i do that's remember that. in high school wondering what the hell is this lyceum thing and i do remember right. looking it up <laughs> Because I was right. like, I I don't know what this is.
1: I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's. That and
0: natatorium, right? Like. Right, right. Exactly. Why can't we just call yeah. it a pool?
1: Why do we have to call
0: it a natatorium?
1: <laughs> Sounds official. Maybe they're right? making it smarter. Making us smarter. Well, um, I mean, I
0: remember what both of those things are. So I guess it worked on some
1: level. It, it worked. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, uh, when I'm thinking back, you know, we had those visitors and, yeah. you know, we probably weren't aware at the time. No yeah our awareness was was not yeah, there, uh, but I remember you know that, that basically holocaust survivors I think is what no. the um, the four of them you know yeah. obviously up up in years yeah uh, but to tell their tell their story you know of uh when they were taken away from their families and that mm-hmm. sort of thing and that's a lot depicted in the book yeah. you know all the people all the ladies crammed in the, the cattle car essentially and taken to Ravensbruck. and uh, if you'd know any or you dive into the history of Ravensbrook it's i don't know about that one i've heard about some of the other ones but i don't know about Ravensbrook Ravensbrook's all ladies is basically where they were tra- training the lady uh, guards mm-hmm. and how they were training to be mean essentially and um so yeah i mean
0: so that yeah. was the intention was to be harshly treated
1: oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. that was that was the deal um and that was their the Ravensbrook was it was, you know, out away from the, it was different parts, you know, it was kind of, I don't know if it was northern type Germany, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, so anyway. But anyway, for folks who want to dive into it more, it's it's pretty yeah. gruesome.
0: I just remember, I remember thinking, you know, when we were in high school and we were studying um, that time, which I'm thinking would have been, I know we did cultures in 12th grade, but we would have done Holocaust before that too, right?
1: I think so. I don't. Yeah.
0: It wouldn't have been necessarily part of American history, but we would have been.
1: Yeah, world culture probably. Yeah, because that would be our twelfth grade year, right? I think so. Yeah, Yeah, because yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We 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 were at this lecture, but you know, I don't know where. I don't know if we were nine, ten, yeah, tenth grade. I I'm pretty sure it wasn't our twelfth grade year.
0: Yeah. I don't think. No, I think you're, but you're right. I think we didn't understand the scope of what that experience, it was too far past and too distant for us to really Mm -hmm. get it. And I do think there's a certain amount of, of life experience that you have to have to understand, you know, the levels of that. Um, I do remember thinking when we were reading about that, um, I do remember thinking like, why didn't anybody stop it? Like how was it allowed to go on for as long as it did? And I think you can't understand that as a kid and um even as an adult, yeah. you know, we continue to see it happen throughout the world. And it's you know, you keep asking that question, how how can it happen? And um and yet it does.
1: Oh yeah. Well it does yeah different places and um mm-hmm. uh, I mean imagine growing up in that or growing up in, you know, the place where there's you know there's a sh- they're shooting in the neighborhood every day you know if you're in the middle east so if you're in afghanistan i mean there's gun goes off that's right. like well it's normal that's and not in
0: some parts of the u.s that's true too right that's yeah, yeah
1: mm-hmm. that's yeah or different yeah exactly like, like the yeah, inner city places right mm-hmm. that that's just okay that's just part of the deal right and um
0: and that's so like i it's so hard sometimes to reconcile with like where we grew up my dad used to leave the keys in the ignition. Like we never locked the door. The keys were always in the ignition and you know, nothing ever happened.
1: Yeah. Back in the old days, right?
0: Back in the yeah. old days. Yeah.
1: What else? What else I had for you? Um, I, I was going to say I had a dad joke for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah my, my, my daughter's like my dad joke. So I feel like, you know, I should at least share at least one dad one, joke. One dad joke before we go. There we go. Yep. Uh, Who is bigger, Mr. Bigger or Mr. Bigger's son?
0: I I don't know.
1: Mr. Bigger's son. Why? He's a little bigger.
0: (laughs) That is terrible. (laughs) That's a great dad joke. That is a great dad joke. And, I'm and, trying to add
1: value to the books and, books and And
0: you are a great dad, so I will. I will allow the great dad joke to pass.
1: <laughs> this, you know, this value is out of control for your listeners. Right, I'm, I'm
0: sure. I I think that's going to expand my listening base astronomically by uh, just that one joke, dude. <laughs> I love it. So before we head off, um, what is the thing? And I think we've, we've sort of talked about it a little bit, but, um, why should people read this book and, and what do you think we should take away from it?
1: Well, I think, you know, it's a, it's a nonfiction, true story. Um, we, we learn from the past Mm -hmm. and, um, like I said, I go back to my two themes, you know, faith and courage. And, um, all that they had to deal with. And, um, I don't don't know if I really did it justice to the the story, but maybe it'll pique some interest. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think the, you know, my, certainly my takeaway was about service, but Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure there's lots of lessons to be learned, Yeah. but, uh, that's the main one that, you know, like I said, you know, the the main one for me was, you know, what, what made her brother so effective is not to judge others, but to serve them.
0: Yeah. And that's, that is something that is very hard for people to do. So I think keeping that in the forefront and making that your focus to like, look, um, I, I think, you know, uh, we joke you have recently within the last what year or two joined the Facebook world.
1: I'm trying to be the last person in our graduate yeah, class Yeah, I think
0: you were pretty close. I think, I'm not sure if you
1: were the last, but you were pretty close. I, I was trying to be the last one there uh-huh. um, on a badge of honor, last one there. <laughs> Um, um, but you can. I wanted see, to wait at least six years before I got on there. So yeah, dude,
0: you were far past six years. I don't know. Good, you might have been past good, like ten good. years or something like that. That's right. <laughs> um, but you can see, especially like at times like this, that can be a place um, where there's lots of judgment
1: and and well, lots yeah, of yeah, absolutely. The, mm-hmm. Sure the the power of a like uh-huh. right now yeah is right. They're studying that stuff, right. The power of a like on social media, Mm um, you know, very influential, but it's, you know, it's having your, uh, being grounded, right. Having, you know, good, good values. And, um,
0: and I think what you're saying, it's that idea of, you know, can we serve without judgment? And, and I see, you know, right now we've got a whole lot of judgment, you know, Um, happening on, on, on Facebook and other social media and, and judgment on, on, you know, if we're talking about the political spectrum judgment from both sides of political, political spectrum. Sure, -hmm. But I I think that I really like what you said is that, you know, um, the best way for us to, to do something to help is to serve without judgment.
1: That was, that was my biggest takeaway for sure. And uh, that, that's, I think that's powerful for anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And anybody can put that to work right away, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, I, I that think just hard. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, right? Yeah. Um, but, but if we're, if we're aware, aware of it, yeah. if we build awareness, maybe it can help someone. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that may be why you keep going back to that book
1: year after year. Yeah. I find new, uh, new encouragement to continue. Right. Yeah. And, Have you uh, ever
0: shared that book with someone and, you know, suggested someone else to read and they came back and talked to you about it?
1: That's how the, that's how I got the book. Really? You From know? whom? Yeah. Well, one, it was one of our church services, uh, uh-huh. the fella, one of our elders mentioned it and then I was like, okay, well, I kind of, you know, he's a stand up guy and, uh, and a friend and i thought well if if, if, he, if he thinks it's a good book ah, yeah. i really enjoy
0: it you oh know? i love that i love that you got that from someone else
1: yeah yeah so then i and it's you know these are life lessons in there you mm-hmm. know from her dad from Corey's dad from you know the way betsy looked at it which is not the way we would look at it right you know um
0: but i love that Corey took on a different perspective too you know that she was seeing hatred and judgment at first and then she shifted it around.
1: She shifted around. She sure did. Yeah. And that was the, and it, and it really, it really came full circle to her afterwards.
0: Yeah.
1: When she was out when she met that guard, that's when it really hit her.
0: Yeah. Because that's a... all
1: the, all those years of all those terrible things happening to her and her friends and yeah. others, um, but she was confronted with it. And, but she, she chose, you know, the forgiveness Yeah, and, uh, and it, you know, a wonderful testimony for her. And then, you know, she was blessed by it, traveled the world. And, um, there's other, you know, other stories and other uh, videos about, uh, about her experiences for sure. Yeah.
0: The difficult, but the, the more beneficial choice, the the choice that gives the greater reward Thanks for um being with us, Rob, and Thanks for doing that. I really appreciate it. It was great to hear. Um, you talk about the book and, um, you know, be thinking about the next one that you want to come back on and do later.
1: Oh, uh, thanks so much. I'll, I'll try to think of some more dad jokes too. <laughs> okay. That's
0: awesome. Thanks Rob.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: Thanks Karen. All right.